Have you been told you need to stop doing what you love, whether it's exercise, running, or a sport? Well, here at Dynamic, we don't like that answer. In this podcast, we'll talk to leaders in the health and wellness space from Southwest Florida to get the solutions you need to get you back to doing what you love. Welcome to the Dynamic Naples podcast. What's going on, Naples? Today, I want to talk about hip impingement. This is a super common problem that I'm seeing more and more these days. Uh, I do treat hockey players a lot. I play hockey myself, and it's super common in hockey players, horseback riders, and gymnastics or gymnasts. Um, so, hip impingement, sort of the typical sign, is pain in the front of the hip when you squat. And uh, so, what is the cause of that? Basically, your bone is coming in contact with another bone. So, if you picture the ball and socket joint, Sometimes, uh, usually in development, uh, we're not 100% sure how this happens, but we think it's developmental, um, Some there's overgrowth of bone. So either the socket uh, forms an extra coverage of the ball, of the femur, uh, or the neck of the femur um, develops some bony growth as well. Uh, there's some theories around why this happens. There's something called skiffy, slipped capital femoral epiphysis. That means the growth plate on the femur, as we're developing, uh, takes too much shear uh, load, and as a response, bone gets laid down. It tends to happen more in boys, maybe because boys tend to be heavier. Um, so sometimes it does happen with impact sports, like football and basketball as well. Um, we're just thinking there's too much shear in the joints. Um, and you know, maybe part of this is, um, maybe the part of the increase in seeing how often this is happening is from sports specialization. So, you know, when I grew up, it was like, I played soccer in the fall, hockey in winter, lacrosse in the spring and, you know, summer off. Now it's just, uh, kids these days tend to play the same sport all year round. So they're getting sort of the same style of movement all the time. So, um, you know, there's some thinking behind that, that maybe this is increasing the incidence of hip impingement. By the way, hip impingement is also called FAI. That's the technical name for it, femoral acetabular impingement. And so, and then the other thing we think may be happening is laxity in the capsule. So all your joints have sort of a leathery sac around them called a capsule. And it's really, um, it's really ligaments and tendons all kind of forming together to create this capsule, which uh, keeps synovial fluid inside the joints and creates a layer of stability for the joint. Anyways, a lot of gymnasts that do the splits a lot tend to go into extreme external rotation of the hip, and it creates laxity of that capsule, so there's some stability loss there, and sometimes that um, the femur kind of cams its way into the joint and scrapes away the labrum. So, you know, again, we're not 100% sure why this happens, uh, but we do know it's a response to stimulus. And one thing that does happen a lot with it is you get labral tearing. So um, let me kind of go over the types, the names. So the overgrowth of the socket is called a pincer deformity, and then the overgrowth of the neck of the femur is called a cam deformity. And usually people have both. And by the way, it tends to be bilateral. So if you have a one hip, you probably have it in the other. Um, sometimes one hip is not symptomatic and the other one is. That's really common. So let me dive into some of the classic symptoms. So I already mentioned probably the number one is pain in the front of the hip when squatting. Uh, but the, another thing too is la um, loss of rotation. Sometimes it's external rotation, but more often than not, it's internal rotation. 
So for all my physios out there listening, the Faber and Fader tests are the ones you kind of use or a log roll test for the leg. Those are really good at teasing out, especially that Fader test. So Fader stands for flexion, adduction, internal rotation. So if you picture someone trying to shave the back of their leg, that position you'd be in to get there, that's basically that combination of hip flexion, adduction, and internal rotation. If that position is really painful, particularly in the front of the hip, that's a good sign that there may be some hip impingement going on. Another sign uh, is what we call the C sign. So if someone's like, it hurts right here. They make a C with their hands and they cup the lateral hip. Uh, that's usually a sign as well. Um, often you'll get some groin pain with this. Um, sometimes you'll even get some neurologic symptoms because sometimes when that labrum tears, and let me back up, the labrum is a sort of soft tissue cartilaginous uh, substance that is a fibrocartilage that lines the socket all right and its role is to deepen the socket and create kind of a negative pressure inside the joint like a suction uh, for more stability of the joint so you sometimes you have the situation so that i think the gymnasts really have the worst when they create that capsular laxity and then the labrum tears on top of this so you have like sort of two layers of stability removed um, yeah, that, that can be a big issue and you get sort of this micro instability. Anyways, sometimes when that labrum tears, it kind of leaks and creates a, um, a cyst that, that can happen anywhere in the body. It happens a lot in the shoulder. You get labral tearing in the shoulder. You can get a paralabral cyst. It's called, um, and where that cyst develops can cause some issues. It's usually benign, no, nothing to worry about, but if it's on the posterior side, the back side of the hip socket, that's close to the sciatic nerve. I have seen it actually put pressure on the sciatic nerve and cause radiating pain down the leg. So how do we diagnose it? So um, there's some physical therapy tests I mentioned that are pretty good at teasing it out. But generally an MRI or a CT scan is going to be how you diagnose it. Um, you will see it in an x-ray as well. Sorry. Uh, you will definitely see it in an x-ray. But some of the soft tissue that may be involved, like the cyst or labrum, um, it's going to be better visualized on a CT or MRI, but uh, usually you can get enough information with an x-ray. So what do you do about it? Majority of people will do pretty good with physical therapy. Um, since this has kind of come to the, the spotlight in the past decade or so, there's been a major uptick in surgeries for it. Um, surgery success rate sits somewhere around 64%, so it's not great. I'm actually in a Facebook group, a hip labral and uh, FAI group. And I just watch people complain <laughs> one after another about how surgery hasn't helped them. So surgery to me is not your first go-to. You know, there are definitely situations where you've tried everything and maybe, and you can't function. All right, then maybe surgery is warranted, but definitely go conservative first. Many times the symptoms that you're experiencing are muscular so although there may be you know bone pinching bone and a labrum that's torn a lot of times you just get muscular stiffness that can be eased up and will really take away the symptoms and then sometimes the rest of the treatments can be about modification okay yeah maybe you like to squat and maybe you need to turn your foot out a little bit or you find a position where you can squat comfortably um, there are some hip mobilizations we do too that can kind of buy you some room in the joint. Um, one thing that does tend to happen is the femur can kind of sit forward in the socket a little bit because we just a, a society that sits for work and you've got that femur pushing upward into the pelvis, which with, that equals like being pushed forward when you stand up. 
so sometimes sometimes there's ways you can kind of stretch the capsule to put it back into the socket a little better that can definitely help and there's some other options as well so um, I have seen some patients I've seen a ton of hip impingement um, some patients that have more <coughs> excuse me severe cases there are injections that can help I don't really recommend cortisone uh, cortisone definitely will take away inflammation which will in the short term feel good but if the problem's not alleviated it'll just keep coming back so cortisone's not the best idea uh, plus cortisone kind of eats away at stuff so it's it's there to serve a purpose for short-term relief when you can't function, but it's definitely not my go-to. Um, PRP injections, that means platelet-rich plasma. Um, they do some good stuff. I did a, a podcast with Danielle over at Caring Medical in Fort Myers. They do all these injections I'm about to talk about, so I definitely would look them up. Uh, so PRP is they take some of your own blood, they centrifuge it, fuse it, and then they basically separate the platelets and inject that into the joint with the idea that these are basically precursor cells, kind of like stem cells in a sense, and they might help regenerate some of the um, labrum. Now, that's not going to be a immediate pain relief kind of injection. That's a let's try to heal the labrum uh, situation. So that's one option. Uh, another option, and I know this sort of anecdotally just from patients that have done this, have told me that they've got a lot of uh, relief with prolotherapy. So prolotherapy is an interesting one. It's, um, it's almost seems counterintuitive. They inject dextrose, which is sugar basically, inside the joint. So we know sugar triggers inflammation, right? Um, a lot of times we have knee arthritis, you're gonna find a lot of sugar basically, sugars inside that joint. So uh, this goes a little bit into my podcast too with Gary Rhino about the difference between inflammation and swelling because you know we sort of say the word inflammation is just bad, right? There's definitely systemic inflammation that's bad, but sometimes you need inflammation in an area. That's step one of healing. So if you um, cut yourself, the area gets inflamed. That's a necessary process that brings the white blood cells to the area to start healing the area. It's just that the swelling is the leftover component. That's the part you want to get out. So I think kind of bear that in mind. So when I say inflammation, inflammation is not always bad. In the situation of doing a prolotherapy, you are trying to trigger inflammation to stimulate healing. Uh, so many of my patients that have done that have gotten a lot of relief with prolotherapy. Um, so that's the one that I usually would say, check this, you know, check this out. Talk to Carrie Medical. Get their... Um, evaluation and their recommendation but that that seems to be a really good one so that's the basics around hip impingement um, there is another type of impingement it's called IFI which stands for issue femoral impingement this is a rare one but I actually happen to see a case of this today uh, this is where your femur is a little closer to your pelvis on one side and it squashes this little hip socket muscle called the quadratus femoris so this is deep like gluteal pain um, another one we don't fully understand, sometimes this happens after a surgery where the surgical fixation is just placed too closely uh, to the pelvis. Um, it could be, and in the case I saw today, an ankle issue actually. So if your ankle is stiff in dorsiflexion, uh, which is the movement you need to do when you squat, it'll cause your knee to kind of cave inward when you squat. And that will, that internal rotation will basically jam femur closer to pelvis and cause this sort of chronic stiffening of this little quadratus femoris muscle. 
this again, really rare, but I have seen a handful of times in my career. I wrote a blog on it with some videos on how to test for it. I'll definitely link that in the show notes. So that's a quick overview of hip impingements. Uh, if you think this is you, get on a call with me. Um, I'm pretty good about even just over a phone teasing out what might be going on. Uh, that's all I have for you this week, Naples. We'll talk to you next week. Do you have unexplained pain? Or do you wonder just how healthy you are? When was the last time you had your blood tested? Blood chemistry analysis is a great way to stay ahead of any health conditions. And now you can have control of your health with Let's Get Checked. Let's Get Checked is an incredible company that sends blood tests to your home. You can choose from over 30 different tests, whether that's liver function, testosterone, micronutrient, cholesterol, or C-reactive protein, which is a marker for inflammation. It's sent to you with free shipping and you get results in two to five days, no physician referral needed. Use the code DPT20 for 20% off. Go to letsgetchecked.com and use the code DPT20. Did you know that you can get started with physical therapy without a physician's referral? Physical therapists don't just solve pain, we get down to the root cause and keep it from coming back. We also discuss all things health such as nutrition and lifestyle changes. If you feel that you could use some help, let's get on a free console call. Go to www.dynamicnaples.com and sign up for a free call. Also, if you like this podcast, please give us a rating wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps us spread the message. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.